of, like you said, a, a fund of some sort uh, so that when they are finished with uh, college ball that they have this money available to them or, you know, or, or whatever's going on. But there has to be something that these guys can be compensated for. You know, um, Jalen Rose kind of brought up a, a very interesting uh, situation. He, he, he kind of posed the situation to where what would happen if these kids uh, boycotted that's the, coming next, sir. <laughs> the NCAA, the, the 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 tournaments and different things like that, and nobody makes money. Well, well, that's coming next. I think that's going to be your next uh, big move. I mean, players have have found that they were empowered. We saw the situation at the University of Missouri with their football team, where the players said, "If we don't, if we don't see a change in administration, if we don't see the change in the way the 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 university is handling problems of race, we're not going to play." And they had 27 players off of a roster of probably 75 that agreed not to play. And interesting enough, I'm sure that the school got some calls from ESPN, got some calls from some other people, said, look here, man, you better field the team. And you saw what happened. The university president had to go. Uh, I think one of the other uh, administrators had to go. So there's no question. And I think this is why you're seeing – I don't want to get too political, but I think this is why you're seeing some of the pushback and some of the um, – uh, let's put out there some of the racial tension that you're seeing in this country because – People are afraid now that uh, the – and I, I don't want to use this real gingerly because I always felt that when they first came out with this book, uh, I think it was the $40 million slave, I was really nervous about using that kind of terminology. But at the end of the day, that is what is going on, that, that the, 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 the house, the big house, yeah. those in the big house That's get true. nervous that the, uh, those who basically, well, let's face it, uh, a derivative of slave labor are now uh, saying, you know, we want ours. Well, it's basically in in, uh, in, in in you're being an indentured servant pretty much, because basically you're you're paying you're you're playing for your room and board, you know what I'm saying? The, or the ability to 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 have a little bit of money or have a not even money, but you have a, a, just a little bit of fame and notoriety, pretty pretty much. Right, that's really what it is. That's, that's all it is. And um, you know, and now I, I understand the educational part, and uh, you know, many of you out there that are listening to us. You know, I know a lot of folks have their own opinions about how um, how they feel about, uh, you know, the NCAA, how they feel about uh, players getting paid. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about players that uh, have an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, they have an opportunity to get an education, and they are getting a good education. However, uh, there is a lack uh, there with most of, most of the time with most of the talent. There is just a small amount of of lack because I, and I've been there. I've, I've been in a dorm room on a Saturday, wanting to take my girlfriend uh, to the movies, or wanting to go out, and and really didn't have ample enough money to do that. Or in the dorm room on a Saturday night because the training table is closed, they give you a, a, a little bit of money of about uh, at the time I think it was like forty bucks maybe for the weekend, uh, so you, you so that you could. Uh, have a, a moment where you could have, you know, a, a little uh, dinner, uh, Friday night dinner, and maybe Saturday uh, breakfast or whatever, and, um, you know, and the training table will open back up again on Sunday afternoon or Sunday around brunch. So, you know, they would give you a little bit of, of money to kind of for those meals that you missed. And, uh, unfortunately, it just, was, it just wasn't enough to do that. And a lot of guys, and, and, you know, fortunately I wasn't in this kind of, in this situation, but a lot of guys 
felt if, as if they if they called home and asked for money, they knew that they were taken away from their family. All right. They right. knew that they were taken away from their little brother or little sister. That means somebody wasn't going to want to wasn't going to have a full meal. So that was the, one of the situations that uh, that they found themselves in, and it was um, it was just good for um, you know it was good you know it just wasn't a good situation. But uh, you know I think that if they do decide to to pay these guys, it would definitely help uh, with our situation. It would definitely help the situation. Um, Totally from uh, from a standpoint of uh, of it curtailing the bad guys and the bad guys, <laughs> you know, from 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 being around these situations, or we could just give them opportunities. Hey, okay, you can sign with an agent. Go ahead and sign with sign with. If you want a done guy, go ahead and sign with an agent. And you know, but there's got to be something done somewhere because um, it's just too much money being um, being. Uh, being made and being had for not for something not to be done. Well, well, the thing that cracks me up is is that you know I hear talk now about uh, expanding the G League, expanding the D League, and what that tells me is is that it is it is unbelievable the lengths that people are willing to go to to not pay the athlete through the collegiate system. Because to be very candid, it it, it you, you have a situation here where you've had players like LeBron James, like Kobe, said that if the world was perfect, they would have loved to experience the Final Four at least one time or at least experience Mark Madness at least one time. I don't get me wrong. There are some examples like him and like Kobe where you kind of almost have to bypass that. But to me, all these players should at least have that opportunity uh, to be able to go and play in that March Madness because until recently, that really has been must-see TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just the, the pomp and the circumstance that you get with college uh, playoffs, and now we see the same thing in football, man. It's just nothing like it. And so these players, I believe, should have that ability, um, you know, to do that. But it's just, man, like I said, again, you just run into a situation, man, where, where, where now, like I said, again, instead of just saying we want to pay the players, okay, you're going to try to talk to have this minor league, and so now you have another situation. You, you, <laughs> you know and I know. You know what I know? One of the other advantages by going to a school, besides not only the opportunity to get an education at a top-quality institution, but it is the connections that you make on campus that are invaluable down the road. You know, there are some people that you might meet in college, and, and I'll just, you know, talk, talk about this real quick and throw it back to you. A uh, guy that you, uh, I think he, you played with, uh, or he might have been coming as you were leaving, um, uh, Ryan Stewart. Yeah, Ryan was. Uh, it, Ryan talked about the fact that there were people that he connected with while he was at Tech that enabled him to eventually launch a, a radio program, which I dare say was really the precursor to what you see with Stephen A. Smith and so many people were, for lack of a better terminology, a, a, a sports view from the barbershop. Right, exactly. Okay, just, exactly. Yeah, just you know, just, you know let's, let's be very candid. That's what you kind of got. Uh, it was primarily African-American vibe or feel. And it was urban, whatever you want to call it, but it was unprecedented on the over the airwaves as we know it. So the fact that these guys made these connections while in school, man, was was critical. Uh, and so I think that you know to rob these young men of doing that, and 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 the other thing too is you see that many of these young men, again, are the coaches overpaid? They are, but there's no question that they have been good shapers of men. And many players said that they that they really grew as they were under these particular cultures. Well, guys, what do you think? NCAA uh, is the golden goose about to be slain. Should players be paid? Guess what? We got the phone lines open right now. 
347-326-9991. You can chime in and let us know what you think on the Real Talk Sports Show. Now, Ken, once again, I've left my readers at home. So are you able to see the Facebook Live? Uh, you know, because uh, you got your readers. Fortunately, I have mine. However, however, <laughs> it's still a little far away. Yes, sir. It's still a little sir. far away. Still a little far Let away. Let me see if I can get some work done. A little on, work done. Second. We got Zoom in here and tell us who we got on Facebook Live because we got a few people that have chimed in, made a few comments I see there. Uh, we got um, uh, your dear friend, uh, Miss April. April Lance Sentman are in the building. Thank God for her. We appreciate you, sister, as always. Uh, yeah, we're trying to get this thing uh, uh, chopped up. And, again, folks, if you want to share the broadcast, we appreciate it because that has really uh, grown this, and we thank God for those people who are sharing. We thank God uh, especially for your uh, uh, group, Ken, because uh, we've seen this sharing going all over the place. And I'm going to actually share this on my page uh, so you guys can find it as well. You're listening to Real Talk Sports Show. We broadcast to you just outside uh, the city of Atlanta, Georgia, just 20 minutes away. We're at our favorite place, or one of our favorite places, the yes. Holiday Inn and Suites in Stockbridge, Georgia, conveniently located, 638 Highway 138, just off of I-75. We also want to give a shout-out to one of our newest uh, partner sponsors. Um, you know, we're all about supporting small business. We also are about, to, as best of our ability, uh, supporting African-American-owned business. We want to give a shout-out to our tax services. Uh, check them out on our website. Uh, and, and give them a call if you need any kind of tax service or tax help. Raouf Tax Services are the people that you need to speak to. So give them a call. Please, man, please, sir. Don't be like me. Don't, 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 don't be like me. What, what does this mean, sir? Uh, is somebody looking for you? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, 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 might, mean, be, hey, we, they listen, might be looking for me, too. We're know. trying to keep it real. That, uh, <laughs> we've always had a problem these last few years as our income has uh has not been what it used to be uh, to try to get our taxes in a timely fashion. But we thank God that we're looking to do better. Okay. Yeah, we're looking right. to do better. And I might have to go see Raul Tax Services myself <laughs> to get things straightened out so that we can, uh, you know, not run afoul of, you know, Uncle Sam. Because we realize that uh, right now that, uh, you know, Uncle Sam wants that money because they got to build I mean, the wall. I, mean, oh, I shouldn't talk about that. I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, oh, I, man, this I is not a political show. Let me not say anything else about that. Um, yeah, again, like I said, I just think at some point the NCAA is going to have to pay these kids. If they don't, you're going to have a real problem here as these young people uh, are going to find alternatives and find ways uh, to get that money. And, and I tell you, I tell you, so. I tell you what, man, things are starting to be shaken up by the young people in this society. I mean, they are, you know, with the kids that are down in Florida that, that have been standing up all since this tragedy has happened, I think um, other other young people will begin to to galvanize and fight for the causes that, that are relevant to them. Right. And, um, you know, standing up for it, – it's easy for us to say looking out from a uh, – from a uh, – an older person's perspective at this moment in time um, that they maybe they shouldn't do this or maybe they shouldn't do that. But, um, you know, if if nobody ever stands up for anything, it, nothing, change will never come. You know, so, no you know, people have to have to stand up. They have to do what uh, they feel is right. And um, they have to, you know, they have to try to try to make change and try to make things happen. Um, that will be for the for the, the betterment of, of the sport, the betterment of, of the people that are coming behind them. But somebody got to do it first, though. Well, look, man, I'm gonna put it out there. I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I don't begrudge them uh, at all. I just, I just say, hey, you know, be mindful of how you do what you do. 
Um, at the end of the day, um, at 19 years old, I should say 18 years old, I was at Northeast University, and I was one of the handful of guys that started a um, a black student union at Northeast University. Was part of that. Uh, I paired it with another gentleman, and we we were called Fire and Ice. Okay, uh, he was fire, I was ice, and uh, I told people the one thing you didn't want to hear when we would go to these these meetings, you didn't want to hear click. Now it wasn't the sign of a Glock. That was the sound of my my old school attaché case opening up <laughs> because I was going to hit you with all the facts. I go to the, the Library of Congress. I would go to uh, uh, the various encyclopedias and various information uh, sources. And if you were debating with me, man, you don't be coming to me with, with a lot of emotion or, or some nonsense because we're going to get you. And so that's that. I'm, I'm very, very uh, aware of when you are young and you, you understand that it's, it's, your, it's your time, it's your season to, to take a stand you got to do it. So I'm not, I'm not mad at it at all. I'm just saying, hey, there's a way to do it. Again, make sure you have your facts, and then try to have a plan. That's the one thing I'm really telling people now in this day and age. Let's get a plan. You know, let's, let's not just protest. Let's say, hey, listen, we have some, uh, some things that we want to lay out and talk about. Well, we don't want to get too political, folks, but, again, this is, this, is, this is why we call it real talk sports. It's real talk. Yeah. This, these things are going on. We see it happening, uh, and uh, we see – and, man, can you believe how many different coaches – are being, you know, brought to testify about taking money. Mm. I mean, guys are about mm. to get fired. Mm. And, you know, they would get a nice check before they could get no check. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, the NCAA is one thing, but when the FBI, FBI. gets involved in your situation, uh, they have a carte blanche kind of deal to, to dig and burrow as deep as they want to. Yes, sir. But uh, let's not be, let's not fool ourselves as if, this has never went on before. You know, this has been going on for quite some time. You know, even from the days of the great coach John Wooden, even from, from way back when, when, you know, they had bag men that would drop, you know, the the little baggage off and everything <laughs> every everything was, was, was made right, you know. Start happening in, in twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen or twenty sixteen. It just didn't start happening now. It's been happening all along. And, you know, those that are in power have turned a blind eye to it. And therefore, the cancer now has spread throughout the whole body. Right. You know, so, you know, and so it, 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 it and now it's almost uh, at, at critical, at a critical stage where, you know, I mean, is, are we going to see this whole thing implode upon us? Are we going to see the whole NCAA just, just kind of fold up? Or, um, the, I, you know, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And what moves they make, you know, because there's no way you can tell me that that Mark Emmons didn't know that this stuff was going on. There's no way you can tell me that people at at these institutions that are that are getting the good ball players didn't know. Coaches know, just like players know, coaches know. You know, now, now they might not be the guy dropping off the bag. They might not be the guy that that's that's connected to it. Right. But, you know. They they might have, they might be way on down the road and kind of removed for it, from it, but you know that that's what it is. In fact, let me see if I can get you a little bit of this soundbite here from uh, this is from SportsIllustrated.com. I'm gonna try to pipe this up, guys. Hopefully, you can hear it. And this is what their comments are about this investigation. Here we go.
That's it from uh, Sports Illustrated. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they echo exactly what you said, that Mark Emmer's men, he had to know what was going on. Um, and it's interesting what they talked about, I guess, that's about 70 years ago, um, college sports was in the same kind of conundrum where there was a lot going on uh, and they had to change the rules. And really, it's the, it's the same thing they have to do now. Uh, they're going to have to change the rules. Yeah, because I, I understand that, you know, you had mob implications, mob ties. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. You know, had you had those things that point were shaving, point shaving, fixing games, games mm-hmm. all those things. Going. So I, I get it. So the governing body was brought in to to do just that, the governing body. But this day and age, times have changed, and that that institution has not changed with the times. I don't think. So I think we're in a different day, we're in a different era, uh, we're in a different uh, way that people even receive money. You know, <laughs> so. You know, it's not like people are walking around, you know, with cash. A lot of these things are are deposited here, deposited there, done however they want to do them. Um, So, you know, that's the institution that has to change with the times, and hopefully they will. Look, man, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, we know that uh, it has been scandalous what these guys have been doing. Uh, So (laughs) they're going to have to tighten up here. One of the things I will will say that uh, that really must be done is, again, they're going to have to find some way to pay these uh, student-athletes. If they don't do it, um, these Power 5 schools are poised to pull out and away from the NCAA. They really don't need them as a governing body. Uh, and, you know, you have a situation where you're talking about a multibillion-dollar operation that's nonprofit. And, uh, that, and, and the reason why I linked them with the NFL, because they're another multibillion-dollar operation that technically right. is right. under the heading of an association. Right. <laughs> okay, which is... Technically yeah. nonprofit. Right, right. I'm just right. saying. Yeah, technically. Okay. I will say this one last thing, but before we take a quick break here, uh, we've got a break coming up in a couple of minutes. One thing that I, I get you have to make changes, and I know that, that they are trying to force NCAA's hands to do so. Things, man, i got to tell you, with all of the stuff that's going on here in this country, I do feel some kind of way about the FBI spending all this money and resources <laughs> chasing college athletes. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that – is uh, crazy to me, you know, with all the stuff that we have going on right now. But I guess that when they turned over and found the first body, they had to keep digging. You know, they had to keep digging. I'm going to say it. When when the bodies start turning up at Louisville, that kind of set a precedent for for that to to, for them to dig in and kind of take hold to, to everything that they're doing right now. So the you know, I, I hate to see them spending money in, in this fashion. However, you know, with it, it is in corruption. It is kind of stuff that they can prove. And it, and the FBI is not going to do anything unless they have a whole bunch of uh, data, data, however you want to call it. Yes, sir. They're going to have a whole bunch of stuff on you before they move. And, you know, they might let you go for three or four years before they actually move. That so, is true. And know. I guess what is it with the FBI, me being an old guy, <laughs> Uh, these are the same people that bought you Pro. These are the same people that got you illegal wiretaps. So I'm just saying, speaking right. of wiretaps, here's what it says here. It says on Friday, Yahoo writers Pat Ford and Pete Thamel published the contents of spreadsheets from the FBI took from the office of former NBA agent Andy Miller. It says the story included a who's who of recent college basketball stars, and the FBI has wiretaps. Right. And witnesses suggest that dozens of high-profile basketball programs could be charged by the NCAA with, at the very least, using prayers or evoking NCAA's, cuckoo, air quotes, amateurism rules, and therefore render themselves ineligible. At worst, 
having coaches or uh, other school employees arrange payments. Right. And, and networks include agents and shoe company executives. Worst case scenario, Duke, Michigan State, Kentucky, Texas, USC, Alabama, and many others could find themselves heading for a hearing with the NCAA's committee on infractions, and those programs would face harsh sanctions. Now, I will tell you right now, if that comes down, you will see a mutiny on the bounty, and the Power Five will say thank you and goodbye. Right, exactly. I'm just saying because none of these those programs you mentioned, it, you, you're talking about programs that are making billions of dollars right, on their own, exactly. at least hundreds of millions. Right. And there's no way they're going to uh, relinquish that money to you because you have some rules that are archaic. So I'm just saying, man, this thing is really going to hit the fan, and uh, we're going to be very interested. And what I'm going to try to do here is, uh, since we are Real Talk Sports, there is a gentleman I follow on social media that uh, I think he works with either Fortune Magazine or Time Magazine. And what he does is is he is set up to um, uh, he is set up to uh, basically monitor sports, and he talks about the money of sports. So we're excited that uh, he did mention to me, give him some lead time, and we'll go ahead and uh, and hopefully get a chance to bring him on so he can join us and talk about, uh, you know, kind of what he's investigated through the magazine. You listen to the Real Talk Sports Show. Again, I'm your host, the Minister Jonathan Simmons. I'm here with Georgia Tech Hall of Famer, Mr. Ken Swilling, as we broadcast to you live from just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, at the Holiday Inn and sweets. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to do what we like to do. We're going to take a break and go to our community outreach segment. We have a young lady going to talk to us in just a few minutes about experience with lupus. So we're going to bring her on. Ms. Paris Glover is going to join us. But right now, we're going to take a quick station break to listen to the Real Talk Sports Show as we broadcast to you live. Keep it locked right here. Attention promoters, event organizers, and committees. If you're looking for a place to have your next big event, you must check out the C-Room Multiplex. The C-Room Multiplex cordially invites you to book your next artist or to host your next big event at the C-Room. Specializing in the following areas, CD release parties, showcases, fashion shows, movie premieres, birthday celebrations, wedding receptions, banquets, pastor's anniversaries, special events, and more. At the C-Room Multiplex, we also offer catering and decorating packages. For more information, call us, 678-823-5124. That's 678-823-5124. Or visit us on the web at croomatlanta.com. That's c-roomatlanta.com. The C-Room is Atlanta's premier Christian entertainment venue. The C-Room, 4013A Jonesboro Road, Forest Park, Georgia. Mention this ad for special pricing. This is Minister Jonathan Simmons, host of the Real Talk Sports Show. Do you like the positive sports stories you've been hearing? Well, partner with us to help keep the good news of sports on the air. We have great audio, video, and internet advertising packages available to promote any size business or event. Contact me directly at 678-410-9833 or send me an email. Sales at realtalksports.net. We'd love to partner with you to keep the good news of sports on the air. Our conversation uh, that we were just having, uh, finishing up, wrapping up our conversation that we were just having about uh, you know NCAA and 
I believe we're getting ready to move into our community segment. A little community outreach little segment community here. Outreach segment, um, so. We like to do that each and every week. Uh, bring someone on and talk to us about the good things that are going on in the community. And uh, this week is no different. We have a young lady here. I think she's right out of camera shot there. So I'm going to have to see if we can turn that iPad there or get you leaning back just a little bit, and we'll get you on so everybody can see her here as well on Facebook Live and Periscope. Uh, now, remember, for those of you who are listening, that you have children who are in college, who are media people, we'd be looking for some interns, <laughs> okay? We really do need some interns here uh, to help us out. So if you have someone, a uh, young person that is uh, really enjoys uh, the media, please, ma'am, please, sir, tell them to come on out. And can I think if you push, that, push the whole thing back just a little tiny bit, a little bit more, a little more. I think we're good, and if you can just turn that just a little bit, turn the whole thing, uh, there we go. I think we can get me and you, and yeah, you might have to lean forward a little bit there, Miss Glover. And again, guys, we are broadcasting to you here just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. We have Paris Glover with us, and she is an advocate for lupus, and she's going to introduce herself to you and tell us a little bit about her story. For real? I got to stay in the house. <laughs> and just tell people a little bit about uh, some of the symptoms of lupus, I, I, because I think a lot of people don't know what to look for, and I know that a lot of women, I have a couple other friends that suffer with this, and I think a lot of people don't know actually what are some of the things to look out for. So uh, tell people more about it. I'm going to try to make sure we can get you more camera shot. Go ahead. Wow. So really, not only is this something that uh, could really, it imitates a lot of different, you know, other diseases, so it would be very, very easy for this to be uh, misdiagnosed. Well, um, um, you told your story on how you discovered it. What are some of the things that you do now that you, you know, hey, look, I have this? What are some of the things that you do in terms of not only medication but in terms of lifestyle? That's pretty serious. It sounds like uh, uh, fibromyalgia or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
uh, let me ask you this: are, are men susceptible to this as well? Yeah, I, you know, it, I would. I just had to ask that question because I've never really talked to a, a, a man that has had lupus or had fibromyalgia or anything like that. And I, I was always wondering if it was just the female uh, that that particularly carried those uh, different diseases. Okay. I'm like Kenneth. The first time I really understood that uh, that men uh, could get it. I mean, I thought it was primarily a woman's disease because most of the people I know that have it are female. Um, it, you know, really, I guess my next question is: Everybody's talking about holistic medication and so forth. Is there? I mean, is there? What can you do as far as diet to help you? Is there anything you can do to kind of at least make it more manageable, even offset it, make it worse? Gotcha. So um are you what stage are you in? Are you like in remission? Are you in are you have uh, have you kinda like got a, a good hold of what's going on with you and all that good stuff? Well, I mean it's 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 just incredible when I hear your story, you're talking about not only battling lupus which which you know causes so much fatigue and discomfort, but now you're talking about dealing with seizures as well. Uh that's a I mean that that's a, a big handful uh, to deal with, and then you know, you're monitoring diet and, like you said, different things. Uh, is there any organization that, that you are part of or that, here, especially your local, I know they have different organizations, but is there something you are part of here that, you know, you would you know, give people information and tell them, hey, contact these folks? How far you got to walk? <laughs> oh, okay. I, I might be able to do that. <laughs> okay, because I, I could probably get a mile in, bro. I think you could do a mile? I could get a mile in. I'm, I, you I think kinda, you get minutes? Come on now. I, you know, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm really, you know, I like you, Ken. You like, you know, my, my brother. But you, I'm feeling some kind of way, bro. Because every time I mention some kind of physical activity, right, there seems to be like, I, I'll tell you what happened. Wow, and, that's and, right. And she just played you with the grandma joke too. You see, you see that? Now you talk about me. <laughs> I, I'm feeling some kind of way. I'll wow. be honest with you. I mean, because. I'm a guy that, you know, when when they ask, hey, who would be put a helmet on? 
and go to the Falcons camp and feel important. Here we go. Yeah, I'm going to go back there because you said I wouldn't do it, number one. Okay. And and you mocked me, but I went out there and I didn't catch the punt. But I did, in fact, make an attempt to catch the punt. And when they had the tennis tournament here, I did go out. With a suit and tie on. Well, <laughs> but that's, that's how you played tennis back in the day. Well, okay, now now we want to go back to 1908. Now, now we playing wow. tennis now. He called the AKA first day, <laughs> 1908. All right, now I can't, never mind. All right, listen, how can people find out more about you, uh, what you're doing, also Lupus Foundation as well? Always good. Mm, that's right. <laughs> you should we throw it out there if you had an email or anything, if people can reach you, please. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think it's great because the other thing, too, is I think that we, when we think about lupus, not only we think about women, but we think about women a little bit older. Right. You exactly. know, that's what we're thinking. Uh, so you being a very young woman, uh, to be able to deal with this and to be an advocate for this is, is really great. And I also want to commend the lady that came with you. I see her over there sitting in the corner. I, I see her. She's been this, – that's your main supporter right there. That really Is, is, is that uh, your uh, – that's your grandma? Which – Wait a minute, hold on a second. Was she coming we, on the We're going to drag her on. I know she, yeah. she's very shy, but we're going we're gonna to drag her on. We're gonna, please, we're gonna, Grandma, please. We're gonna, please. Right. She's trying to stay behind the scenes. But this is how we do it at Real Talk Sports. We, we bring the family in. We can't, we're going to have you stand now, right now, next to her. Now, I, I know she grabbed, that, she grabbed that pocketbook. Now, she's just like my grandma. Was oh, yeah. Go, oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, my mom the same way. They don't go anywhere without their purse. Cause everything in, nowhere without everything their in there. Go ahead and wave right there. We got you on camera. She said, I don't want to be on camera. Yeah, you're on camera. Go you're ahead. on camera, yes. People can see you. Yes. Well, uh, I'm going to have you scoot over and just if you can kind of lean that mic. Just turn it, turn the whole mic there. There you go. All right, ma'am. Just uh, say hello to everybody, please. <laughs> well, uh, let's let's just tell the story real quick. Um, uh, this, this lady uh, sitting right next to her granddaughter is the reason why she is on uh, this radio station. Uh, I see this uh, this lovely woman every every time I go to the Hawks game, and she said, "Brother, let me let me ask you a question." She said, "You do radio here?" I said, "Yep." She, my grandbaby is doing something with lupus. Okay. And I said, "Well, you know, what? let me let me gotta go ahead and contact with her. We've been going back and forth for probably a couple of months, but we finally <laughs> were able to get together and see how the Lord works it out. It, that you got a chance to come out here and say hello on your birthday. On your birthday." Now, see how the Lord does it right there. See, it, it was, everything was delayed just so you can come out here on your birthday. So on your birthday, <laughs> man, well, listen, we thank God for you. Um, you know, people, you know, I tell people, I said, I was very fortunate that my grandmother lived till I was 38 years old. So I got a chance to, to grow. She got a chance to see my daughter. So uh, it was just a real beautiful thing. And we, we sometimes forget that, you know, that grandmothers before they were grandmothers. They were someone's mother. They were someone's daughter. Right. They were somebody's girlfriend, all that stuff. You know, so sometimes when we look at people when and they're in their, their latter season, we just think that one day they woke up and that's how they were. But, no, they were, they were just like – as a matter of fact, you can even see the gene pool right in there with them eyes yes. and them high cheekbones. Yes. You can yes. see it right there. You can see it right there. You can yes. see it right yes. there. But, again, we, we just appreciate you for, for really – 
taking the time out and uh, and introducing me to to your granddaughter so she can come on here and tell people her story. And uh, we just thank God that God worked the timing out that you can come out here on your birthday and everybody could just see, see folks, it's, just, it's always good to have your, your grandmama in your corner right there. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> well, let me tell you something. This is this is a hard-working woman. I've seen it up close and personal. So, you know, she keeps working like that. Who knows? You know, she <laughs> she might she might hang around and then try to tell you what to do, how to raise that baby. So just, <laughs> just, amen, amen. Well, listen one more time. Give people your email address and the date of the upcoming uh, Lucas Walk, please. There you go, guys. Well, listen, uh, if you if you want to help, it's really very easy. No donation is too small, and certainly no donation is too big. So uh, if you <laughs> if you got a big check burning a hole in your pocket, please do. But even if it's only a dollar, two dollars, whatever it is, please support. If you can come on out to Georgia State, uh, you know, good Lord willing, I should be uh, fully recuperated by that time. So if I'm able to, I will get out there and uh, and walk just on just to prove that okay, I can make it a mile. I might even try to go a little past a mile. Uh, and you know nobody asks you to go past the mile. Man. Okay, all right. See, well, now you you do you're doing too much. Doing now. too much. Well, <laughs> amen, amen. Okay. Well, I'm, right. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a shout. This is the other thing that's beautiful about you. Come on, your birthday. I'm gonna, just a couple of people here. Miss Rebecca Barksdale has greeted you on Facebook and said happy birthday. And a young man that I do some stuff with out of Detroit, Mr. Shimon Barkley. He has a sports show out there. He has said uh, happy birthday to the grandmother. So everybody is uh, saying hello and God bless you and happy birthday here on Facebook Live as we broadcast. So we, we appreciate you again uh, for, for taking the time out to uh, talk to me about your granddaughter and then coming on out with her and supporting her like this because, like I said, again, family is very, very important. And we yes. always like to try to, you know, show people that it's not with the people you see um, there's always people behind them. Behind the scenes. Right. That's right. And it's behind the scenes oftentimes that counts. So your support of her I'm sure has been critical in keeping her going. So we just want to say God bless to both of you. And I know it's a little drive to come out here to Stockbridge as well, so we appreciate you coming. <laughs> I'm going to find my way. And, and I understand because one of the things about the way the hotel is situated, you can actually see it, but then people go, to, well, how do I get in? And you actually have to drive past the hotel and go into the entrance. So we, we thank God that you that you found us because your story is compelling. Again, guys, if you want to uh, get this story, it is posted on Facebook Live right now at Real Talk Sports 7. And uh, you can find out more about Ms. Parrish Glover. Again, donate, 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 or just come on out, and you can mock me as I walk my mile if you want. <laughs> we'll take donations for that, and I'll turn them right over to Lupus. You can... You can put it put it on there. See how many steps I get past the mile. How about that? There you go. Yeah, that worked. All right, listen. We appreciate you so much. God bless you. Thank you guys for coming out. And uh, you guys want to hang around a little bit? You can, and uh, you can you can watch us here and do our thing. We're expecting a young lady to come in. Actually, again, we're big on family. Young lady's one of the top 200 basketball players in the country. Uh, Taylor Sutton. She goes to Greater uh, Christian uh, Great Atlanta Greater Christian, Christian. Uh-huh. Academy out there. So, uh, matter of fact, she even as we speak. She's just finishing up practice. So we look forward to her uh, coming down and joining us as well. We thank you guys, and uh, we just say God bless you and keep up the good work. 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. That's right. <laughs> I wish I were singing, but then anybody would just run off the air. So I don't I know. Do that. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't bad, man. Wasn't too bad. I got a little, little, little tone left. You got a little bit left. Little left. Got a little bit left. All right, guys, uh, again, uh, we were listening to the Real Talk Sports Show. We broadcast to you uh, right here uh, at the Holiday Inn Stockbridge, just 20 minutes south of downtown Atlanta. I'm sitting next to the Hall of Famer himself, Captain America, Ken Swilling, and Paris Glover has decided to hang out with us and talk to you a little bit about lupus and how important it is to, uh, you know, be a part of making great things happen. Uh, we're going to take a, another quick break in just a moment. But remember, guys, you can follow us anywhere on social media at Real Talk Sports 7. You also can send me an email, uh, js at uh, realtalksports.net. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, uh, you can follow me at Minister J. Sims. That's Minister, the letter J, S-I-M-M. We try to post up a scripture of the day to give you a little inspiration. We also do that on the Real Talk Sports show as well uh, because sometimes you, know, you need a little inspiration to start your day. A little, yes. little, little something, something to, to help you, you out, you know, so we, we do that uh, as well. And, again, follow Ken Swilling. Now, there's no S on the end, just Swilling. <laughs> okay. Swilling, not Swilling. Because if you put Swillings, you're not going to find me. You're not him. going to find me. Okay, you get another Ken, <laughs> and that won't be the guy you want, okay? So Ken Swilling, uh, and uh, you can follow him as well, just simply at Ken Swilling. Uh, he's on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Twitter. Uh, everything is Ken Swilling. Ken so, uh, Swilling. I'm not on Snapchat, however, but uh, everything everything else is. is <laughs> oh, you you said that like you feel so sorry for me. <laughs> uh, I, I I know I know I've got to get you know up into that uh, yeah, snapping. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Paris, I'm actually gonna probably recruit you. I think I snapped at her one time. I mean, I don't mean that. You know what I mean? That did try one snap. And she tried to get back with me, and then that was the end of the ball game because I really don't know how to <laughs> snap at all. Please. Because we do have a profile. We are Real yeah. Talk Sports 7 on Snapchat, too. We're there. And you'll see our logo, but um, it, you'll, you'll see, man, that guy got n- nothing on here because I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you you got you to gotta help me out because I have no clue on how to make that work. Um, like I said, guys, uh, if you're not, here's the other thing, too. We will ask you, if you have a compelling story, you have a student athlete, you have a coach, uh, you have a family member that uh, has something good going on in the community, please contact a guest, and we will bring you on our community outreach segment. Again, js at realtalksports.net. You can join us, and we'd love to have you tell your story because uh, people don't know unless you tell it. There you go. Okay, so we want to help you do that. Uh, again, we're going to take a little quick little break here, and then we're going to come back with more uh, talk. We're going to talk a little NFL draft, and uh, we're also going to talk a little bit of the NBA, what's going on there as well. Uh, so you don't want to go anywhere. Keep it locked right here on uh, the Real Talk Sports Show, and we'll be back. Don't go away.
Lawrence Taylor, New York Giants, and you're with Real Talk Sports. And we are back. Welcome to the Real Talk Sports Show as we broadcast to you right here. Um, like I said, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, at the Holiday Inn Stockbridge. Actually, technically called the Holiday Inn and Suites, Stockbridge, Georgia. A technical name, just so everybody knows. Now, here's the thing I like about the Holiday Inn. I discovered something, Ken. What's that? I discovered that they have wonderful parting or entry gifts at the front desk. <laughs> I think those are those are for actually for people that don't say it. This is a little promotion, guys. <laughs> if you come to the Holiday Inn oh, Lord. and sweets, you can't see it back here, but this is a package. It's a, it's a, it's a cookie, y'all. Fresh-baked cookie. This one here happens to be peanut butter, but they also have chocolate chunk chip. And when I say freshly baked, I mean when you go by and put your hand on the package like this. Hear that sound? It's, uh, they're warm and ready for you. Yeah. I'm just saying. See, if you if you came live, you could get a if cookie. You, if you're a guest of the hotel, you're supposed to take your cookies. I'm almost certain that's how that's supposed to go. Well, technically, <laughs> I mean, if you want to get real technical about it, that is, you know. But I I understand you had a David Spirit come on you, so you just went in the temple that took the showbread and uh, did what you needed to do. Well, see, I understand. See, that's how they get the preacher. They get all they get all biblical on here, the preacher. But you know what? It was all right though. <laughs> even even Jesus said he said, Remember David did that and <laughs> there was no penalty. He there was no penalty. That's right. So we we thank God there's no penalty for me taking them through cookie cookies, man. Everybody really wanted the chocolate chip and they tore them all up. So mm. the peanut butter, that was for me. That was for you. I'm just saying. Just yeah. saying guys. But listen, on the serious tip though, one of the things I will tell you, um, this is a really nice place. Uh if you want some place to even do a staycation, they have a great pool here, uh wonderful um, lounge and atrium area, four, four or five story atrium, uh, just a real relaxed situation, just off the highway. Price is very reasonable, uh, and also great place to have a group event if you need yes. to. Uh, you have several groups. We even have uh, some of the armed forces, the Navy guys, come in here and do some stuff. Uh, you have several utility companies that uh, do their uh, seminars and things here. We even have some motivational speakers do it. So if you're looking for a good spot, contact the sales manager, a uh, lovely lady by the name of Juetti McNeil. Uh, contact her at the Holiday Inn, and she will give you the great rates here and get you all set up uh, as we are here as well. So, again, a uh, great place. And, you know, Ken, um, the other thing, too, is, is that we need to tell people that if you're looking for an alternative, when you come down for the SB53. Ooh. I mean, yeah, because you're right on – you're right outside of town. I mean, it would be a great, great spot for you to kind of – you're 20 minutes away from just about everything, everything. you want to get to. That's right. Um, and you, once you get past the little traffic that would be downtown, and Amen. the congestion that would be there, yep. you know, it should be kind of smooth sailing down to the Stockbridge area. And, um, you know, it's probably going to be a, a great, great time. I, I'm in, I'm anticipating it already. Uh, I think I want to go ahead and reserve my room here, uh, even though I live here. <laughs> I'm just saying it's going to be an epic time here in Atlanta. Super Bowl coming to town. Super Bowl 53 here. And the Atlanta Falcons are attempting, or will be attempting very, very shortly. But unbelievable about time has flown. You're talking uh, two months uh, before they go into the uh, the OTAs. Right. 
and uh, three months before you really full-blown with players on the field. And, of course, we know right now you got the NFL Combine going on about to start already. So uh, football time is uh, basically right here. Yeah, it, it's it's all on us again, and we are excited. Uh, one thing I tell you, doing this show, and I, I must say thank you, Minister, for giving me the opportunity uh, to come and, and to be with you on Thursday nights, and uh, I'm really, really appreciative of it because if you'd have told me this a uh, year and a half ago if I was be doing something like this, I probably would would laugh at you and told you, nah, that's not going to happen. You say you but, must be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm thankful for the platform and for the opportunity to, to actually do it. And one reason is it has allowed me to stay in, so engaged uh, with the sport that I love, you know, in a different way. And I, I've always wondered how would I, you know, I always like talking about football. I always like, uh, you know, experiencing the things that I've experienced, uh, you know, while talking about it. But uh, I never knew I would be talking about it on this level. And uh, I'm just very thankful and very grateful for, uh, for every opportunity that has been afforded me uh, during this short, short period of time. Uh, we're talking about the Falcons and, and what they need and what they are going to do uh, when it comes down to, the, to, to this draft time. Um, I still say the main need is to, to, to show, up, show up either either side of the line, whether it be on the uh, offensive side or whether it be on the defensive side. Um, we don't know which way they're going to go. I believe that, that the Falcons actually feel a little bit better about Wes Schweitzer than we do. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, I mean, <laughs> listen, I mean, listen. At the end of the day, I mean, here's the thing that really, you know, and it's and, and I have to fall into the same bracket. Uh, you know, when you are a fan, uh, right. you have a tendency to to look at things with this jaundiced eye, and I think that sometimes you have to kind of wake up and and smell the coffee. At the end of the day, if you look at this team. Yes, the team's uh, overall output offensively dropped about 30%. We get it. But if you go back and look at the Falcons team, a lot of that was precipitated by, I think they were amongst the league leaders in drop passes. Right, exactly. Which is why a young man who we enjoyed, certainly two years he was here, is gone. Uh, Turbo Taylor right. uh, is not going to be brought back. I uh, saw his post on Instagram thanking the fans and thanking the Falcons management for bringing him in, but he won't be back. And one of the reasons is, that number one, Sarkeesian, really couldn't find a way to consistently use him. And number two, he was not the real explosive player that we saw the year before, even yeah. when he did get the ball. What, what was, I mean, but was that his fault? Or well, was there's that... no question. <laughs> I mean, so, and, listen, and, and, you know, see, that's the other thing, too, that we talk about. And uh, that, you know, if you, if you, it really is a weird thing because, you know, Ken, when you get a game plan, especially offensively nowadays, a lot of this stuff is scripted, so you have you, you have a general idea of what you're trying to accomplish based on the thing you accomplished two or three plays before. Right. The problem with the Falcons' offense was they never were able to get any consistent drives or consistent flow to the offense because there was a drop, there was a fumble, there was a missed block. And so the, the team never got into the rhythm we saw two years ago where these plays just seemed to flow and one right. popped into another, and next thing you know, you had a big play that would come out of nowhere. So right. I, I think that some of that's there. And then uh, – and like you said, I mean, if you really look at it, how many often was Matt Ryan sacked last year? Mm. Not that much. Not much. I mean, so there's not an idea. Much. Offensive line needs help. I mean, it needs a little help, but, I mean, let's not go crazy. Right. I'm right. with you. Well, speaking of the Falcons, uh, I think that everybody uh, is in agreement that they do need help on the line. I think this young man will be gone. We saw him uh, in, you know, light up the senior bowl. We saw him do very well in the college football championship game. And uh, certainly he, he wouldn't even have to transition his uniform color. Isaiah Wynn. 
the fast-rising guard is who everybody is touting the Falcons will try to get. But, brother, I think he's going to be gone. He very well could be. He, he's uh, rapidly going up the uh, the board. And I'll tell you, if he goes and has uh, what I think will be a tremendous workout this weekend in, in, um, in, in Indianapolis, I believe he will solidify himself moving into that top ten area, area uh, which is going to be kind of surprising to some. But um, when I look at him, I look at what he's done, and um, they really uh, everybody is high on him. He's not a secret anymore, you know. So uh, and he's he's the kind of guy that yeah, it'd be great if Atlanta got him, but uh, but who knows? And you know the way this this draft is going to be set is going to be you know like I said, it always goes off of what uh, Cleveland does. <laughs> Of what Cleveland does. So if Cleveland, uh, say for instance, takes Saquon Barkley, which they probably will, but you know they got the number one pick, so we're going to see what they do. Um, they have an opportunity. Cleveland really have, has an opportunity to to run this draft to really uh, do some really great things. But we'll see if their uh, their front office is, uh, has the ability to really do what we uh, th- what they need to do you know, and um, get the player that they need to get in order to, to be where they need to be. It, you know, it come, I mean, basically they got to get a guy that can, that can, that can move the needle in, in that, in that team and on, in that, uh, in that, in that region. And I don't think drafting another young quarterback to bring in right now is the exact move that they need. They need veteran presence. They need a veteran leadership at the quarterback position. And if they get Saquon Barkley or a, a back similar to him, that would be the next move because now you can grow from that. Because Saquon Barkley is he's going to be one of those guys that can, you know, bar an injury, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to going to be a a guy that can, you know, that can that can run a a, a litany of different um, offensive sets. You can spread him out wide. You're going to be able to do different things with him. So he's going to be kind of like a Todd Gurley kind of tight, I right. believe at this at this next level. So um, you know, but that being said, knowing Cleveland, they will be Cleveland. They will, <laughs> they will do the things that uh, we all know that they're going to do. They'll take a quarterback. They'll 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 try to start. They'll say they're not going to start him. Then they'll start him. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not a big. I, I like Hugh Jackson. Don't get me wrong. So don't nobody call me talking about some Ken. I thought you know. Uh, didn't you? Didn't you? Didn't Cleveland? Didn't you play at Cleveland for a little while? I guess I did. But I like you. I, I like him as a coordinator. I don't like him as a head coach. As a head coach. Yeah, I got you. You know, he's a great coordinator. He has a good offensive mind. I just feel like you know, there are times that the game is just a little bit too much for him as a head coach. So as a coordinator, he's he's done he's done a great job. My man is right there. Uh, to take the reins if uh, <laughs> if there's a hiccup. If there's a hiccup, so uh, you know, and then and um, they've kind of taken the play calling out of out of Hugh Jackson's hands, and um, they're ready to go with it. Well, here's the thing: if you look at Cleveland, um, they actually have some pieces. Yes. Uh, now, granted, we're not sure what what one of the great linemen of all time, future Hall of Famer Joe Thomas, is going to do. Uh, we're not sure if he's going to come back. If he come back and he can even give you 80%, 90% of what he's been, that would mean that you have a very, very serviceable offensive tackle yes. sitting there. And I will say this much. Even though he, he was a little braggadocious at the beginning and he was a little erratic at times last year, I do think that you, with the right situation, 
especially when you talk about bringing a, a Barkley in where you're not asking your quarterback to do a lot. Kaiser's got a big arm. He can elude pressure. And we saw at Notre Dame in the right situation, he right. can he can be a winning quarterback. So and, and every quarterback needs a, a running back, a running game no period, uh, to take that pressure and alleviate that pressure off of him. So it's not all on him. He doesn't have to make those all the throws. I mean, even though you know there'll come a time when the quarterback has to win a ball game, but if you can run the ball, you can alleviate a lot of pressure off of him, and you can actually control the game and not be playing catch up instead of, you know, and you know, and, and, and all those good all that good stuff instead of, you know, trying to get to the end of the ball game, trying to win in the last four minutes of a ball game. And that that's when the real pressure comes on on a quarterback right. in the last four minutes of a ball game. No you know, now you, you might if you if you have Saquon Barkley or, or back of that, you might be able to do some other things to kind of kind of even things out. Look, man, at the end of the day, like I said, again, they have some pieces in place. Another guy that, uh, that is a possibility, again, if we can get him even 80% of what he was, uh, if Josh Gordon can come back and, and be that, this guy could suddenly change the whole dynamic of that team, sir. Gordon. Yes, sir. The whole dynamic. And, and like I said, again, if you look at that, a lot of people kind of poo-pooed him because, uh, you know, he wasn't putting up monster numbers. But now if you have a uh, another feature back and you can move Crowell to – you know, doing some things out of the backfield as a wide receiver, doing some different things. Now you have a situation where you have a running tandem, yeah. which we see the league is going to all across the league. Everybody's going to that kind of two-headed monster, with the exception of L.A., obviously, because they have a, you know, one of those, you know, every now and then type of back that comes along and he's well, just the man. But. Well, Crowell, he's going to be a – he's a free agent, right? I believe so, yeah. He's a free agent, so he might not – They may not – They may not – may, right. may, may not be there. Gotcha. Um, you know, I know Indianapolis just released um, – Frank Gore. Frank Gore. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a possible landing spot for Frank to be a mentor to uh, a, a young back. You might have something there. You might have something, sir. To, to, get with, to get with him. You know, I still think Frank had some had some, had some uh, some steam left in the end. He showed it last year, didn't he? He showed it last year. He ran up almost 900 yards, a little bit a little bit over 900 yards, I believe, um, on limited carries. Um, are you going to ask him to carry the ball 260 or something? No, times? that no. pays over, sir. But, um, you know, Frank, uh, you know, it's the interesting um, topic that uh, I have with some of the other guys that I uh, that I deal with. That is Frank and a, a Hall of Famer, and a lot of people are like, oh, Frank, Frank, Hall of Famer. But when you look at his numbers, when you look at where he is, Frank is right there on pace with a lot of the guys that uh, <laughs> that are you know that are already in the Hall of Fame uh, with the Curtis Martins, with the um, you know, and, and and the likes of of those kind of ball players. So when you look at it. You know, I think he's like uh, 75 yards away from being like the the fourth highest um, ball carrier, uh, uh, I mean, rusher in, in, in NFL history. So when you look at stuff like that, you're like, well, doggone, maybe he is. <laughs> well, let's get it for you right here. Uh, Frank Gore, career stats, and I was shocked to see this. Frank Gore, over his career, has rushed for over 14,000 yards. There you go. That's okay. a big number, sir. Yeah. You know, one thing to rush for 10000 but 14000 14, put you in some, some rare company. It's high cotton up there. Yes, sir. And uh, the other thing, too, is you're talking about a, an average per carry until the last couple of years, 4.3 yards a carry. Right. So uh, he's put up some big numbers here. Uh, he's got uh, – he's just a showman. He's got 77 touchdowns in his career, so approaching 80 touchdowns. Again, once you get up and start pushing up towards 100 TDs for your career – and you start talking about 15,000 yards on the ground, which, now, again, the things would have to fall perfectly for them to do that next year. But right. 
It could happen. It could very well happen. It you know, very well happen. You know, you're talking 974 yards. I mean, he had 1,000 in 2016, 1,026, 961 in 2017. And like you said, I don't know if he'll get to 260 carries again. Right. But I, I, to be honest with you, I just didn't think about it. Because, and what happens is, is that it happens all the time when you don't have a lot of time in the sun. Right. You know, when yep. your teams give you that flash. And certainly we know that, that San Francisco, that team that was put together, that they – for whatever reason, dismantled <laughs> uh, with Harbaugh and, and the Eagle thing. But that team was a team that, uh, you know, he was, he was handling some business. You know, right, 2011, exactly. 2012, I mean, he was, a, he was a punishing runner. Right, exactly. And so, uh, you know, but that's something to consider. Frank Gore, Hall of Fame, what do you guys think? You can give us a call, 347. Uh, it is 347-326-9991. You're listening to the Real Talk Sports Show. And, yes, you can see the nasling is about to come on because I do have a cold. <laughs> I'm trying to fight it off with every, everything under the sun here. i got about 18 tissues over here. But uh, is what it is. We'll take a look at what some of the guys are talking here in the NFL mock draft. They are – CBS uh, Sports is saying that Cleveland will, again, for the 1900th time, uh, take a quarterback yeah. at a number one position. Josh Allen, who everybody who's also uh, – uh, reminds me of the title of that movie, Everybody's All-American yeah, right. out of right. Wyoming. Uh uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, you got you got him, you got Josh Rosen. Uh, you know, nobody's talking at all about uh, about the young man out of Oklahoma, which we had a chance to interview. As a matter of fact, folks, you can go on Instagram and see a little clip, and also go on YouTube and see our interview with Baker Mayfield, uh, a guy that everybody's written off completely. But I don't know. He makes all the throws in college. He put up some big numbers. Yeah, I mean, and, and we'll see. We'll see with Baker. I think he's. Um... He's going to be one of those guys that can um, possibly, you know, really um, do some things in the NFL that we hadn't seen yet. You know, he's going to bring that other caveat. And the door is open now for uh, the RPO. The RPO. <laughs> the run pass The day option. of the RPO is, is alive and well in, in the NFL. And um, somebody's going to take him. Somebody's going to going to style an offense around him uh, that will consist of that. And plus, Baker has a nice arm. I mean, to be honest he does, with you, he, 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 really, he can really make all the throws. But I mean, he can make all the throws. And so. he's got he's got. Uh, let me let me use an old school word. He's got moxie. Yeah, he's got a lot of moxie. I mean, uh, some of it is misguided, but he has he has moxie. Um, <laughs> will that translate into? Um, what that will translate into at the next level, I don't know. Uh, I'm telling you, because as I tell people all the time, it's a grown man, grown man's game. Yes, sir. So that that same stuff that you did, uh, you know, against uh, Kansas and you know uh, Oklahoma State and all of that, it's, it's not going to it's not going to fly. So you tell me that, that he's going to be like Dorothy, that he's going to look up one day and say, "We're not in Kansas anymore." We're not in Kansas anymore. Believe that. Believe that. And, you know. and there's no question, I mean, even from a guy who did not play, when you – and that's one of the reasons why I do most of my reporting from the sidelines versus the press box. When you actually are on the field, um, even if you're not playing, you can actually literally feel the intensity of the contact. Uh, and that's a, that's a scary thing. I mean, I got to tell you, man, uh, and I got, I got a clip, uh, which everybody kind of laughs, where the minister had to do a lot of movement to avoid being part of the play on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, when you when you get up close and you see 750, 900 pounds thundering at you 
uh, with speeds that you thought that is not possible for people that side, you realize uh, this is this is grown men. And when you hear that sound, that crack crack, uh-uh. oh yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a different game. And so oh, yeah. that's that's the beauty of it, though. No, it, it, oh, that's a beautiful sound, man. So you don't understand. You don't understand that vacuum comes, and it's just you and the runner, or you and the ball carrier, whoever it is, and you get an opportunity to just, ooh, it's it's transcendent. It, it is it is a thing of beauty to see yourself or to see or to to see somebody get hit that hard. Now, if somebody hit me that hard right now, I'm calling the police. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. But uh. Somebody who has done it and who has played at that kind of speed and 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 running into people that was that was a whole lot of fun. I'm paying for it now, uh, you know. I got aches and pains that I I don't desire for, but uh, I tell you what, that was a lot of fun in my younger years. I got to tell you guys, if you if you really, I wish I could have got a and and we we thank God for we make a shout out uh, Gary, um, uh, who is uh, looking to join us, Gary Booker. Um, a new partner that we're working with. Um, he's going to be joining us and giving us some more of these uh, multi-camera shoots. Because if you guys could have taken a look at the captain, I call him the Captain America they did back in those days. If you saw a look on his face right there when he was describing, I was thinking to myself, man, that must have been a bad <laughs> sight. That must have been a bad sight if you were a halfback, flanker, or any kind of situation. If you had the ball and the captain had his, his sights on you, you, you probably were going to experience something that you really didn't want. <laughs> So, uh, but it is, that, that's the truth, man. And, and, and here's the thing. I think that's what, if we're honest with ourselves, if we as watchers, as fans, if we're honest, it really is like the NASCAR syndrome. We go because we want to see the crash. We crash. I mean, we can try to front, oh, well, this is in, the, the sport and integrity and the great the championship play. Now, nah, right. man, you like to hear that. Everybody <laughs> like to hear the, see the physicality. <laughs> right. Uh, hear uh, those bone-clutching kind of hits and uh, to see um, – you know, your guy win or your guy, uh, you know, take on whatever and, 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 and do what it needs to do. It's one of those, I mean, I can't describe it to people. It, people that have not played or, or if you look at it and you think it's too violent, and, you know, there's a level of violence and uh, whatever that says about me, I don't know. <laughs> it, it could say some bad things about me. Uh, I try not to live my life in a violent manner or a violent life you know, lifestyle, so. You know, I'm I'm over that part of my life, but uh, you know, it, it it still excites me. It still gets my blood pumping to see uh, guys be really physical, and um, you know, there's nothing like hitting somebody and have them wilt, kind of like, or or have them, you take know, the steam yeah, take the steam out of them a little bit, and, and you know, hey, I, I won that battle, or I won that, uh, you know, I won that one. Well, I can't talk to God. I'm, I'm going to try to just adjust this camera a little bit here while he's <laughs> explaining this to you. Because you guys got to see this a little bit. I'm going to adjust the camera. Hold on a second. Uh, Minister uh, is, is, a wild, is a wild fellow right now, I tell you. <laughs> you know, but, I, you know, but uh, as I'm explaining this, uh, I am kind of excited. And I stay excited when you talk about football, when you talk about um, any sports. I've been this way since I was a kid. Um, I don't know. What made me fall in love with football? I think the first time I really fell in love with football, my dad, uh, God rest his soul, who's gone on uh, to be with the Lord, he um, and my mom for Christmas on my, I want to say it was about my seventh birthday, brought me bought me an NFL football with uh, uh, there you go uh, with uh, Pete um, who was the uh, Pete co- Rosell Pete Rosell the commissioner's commissioner. name commissioner's name on it. 
had that football, had um, a helmet, shoulder pads, and everything. You know, they bought the whole, the whole, the whole thing. Oh, yeah, you do that. You could do that back then. That that yeah. when you actually go into what we use now. The only guy that still uses his name, I think, is Dix, the Sporting Goods Store. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you say, Mr., what are you talking about? That's what they call it, the Sporting the Goods sporting Store, good because store, you got right. all the goods for sporting events right. at the store. And you could get a whole, you're right, man, a whole outfit, head to toe, your favorite team. There you go. And uh, at the time, I don't know why my dad bought me bought me this, but it was uh, it was a New York Giants kind of kind of right. kind of <laughs> get up. With that uh, kind of with the kind of helmet that they have and all that good stuff had the one bar across. One I don't bar. Know what, I don't know what we were talking, what we were thinking about with the one bar, but uh, maybe he thought I was going to be a kicker or something. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, you know, but that kind of spawned the love for for the sport, and um, I had all my cousins that were that played. My cousin Pat played, and my cousin Daryl played, and um, one of them, one of my cousins that did not even play in in a in a kind of a, an official setting. Taught me everything I know about football, basketball, baseball, and everything. His name is Jeff. He was probably the best athlete out of all of us, but he didn't, you know, do the circumstances. He just didn't. Right, couldn't. Right, he, yeah, that he, he, he just right. he just couldn't play organized sports. Yep. Was, you know, so it was real hard for him to, to assimilate to organized sports. So, um, you know, going back looking at all that stuff, it just oh man, you know that that's where really where my love really really started at and. Uh, you know, I, I remember the first time I would hit somebody really hard. Remember, I remember all of that crazy stuff. You know, I was probably about nine years old, and then if, back then we do bull in the ring, and uh, you know, I didn't, I had no idea what they were, what they were talking about, uh, what they, what they wanted to do. I found out myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we know your story about the bull in the ring and the water and everything. But I, but I, I won my battle. I don't, you know, I know you lost yours, but I won. I won, I won mine. I won mine. So it was, it was all right. And you know, they still do this to this day. They would have kids one lay on one side, one lay on the other side, and everybody gets up. At, it blow, whistle blows. Everybody gets up and we run and tackle each other. And I'm like, that is the craziest drill. However, it will test. Uh, you can kind of it's a test to see who is going to back down from from anybody, yes, sir. And you kind of know where to play each other from there. You you will find out in a hurry uh, what your intestinal fortitude is because <laughs> uh, that that is something where it's mano a mano. You got nowhere to hide. There you go. And uh, you're gonna have to bring whatever you got, whether it's little or, lo- or little or not. You're gonna have to bring it and uh, and do what you need to do. Uh, well, I tell you, man, it's it's it, that's one of the things I enjoy about you being here uh, on this show. Again, we're very appreciative because uh, at the end of the day, you bring an insight that you normally don't get on a smaller show like this. And we're looking to be big. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And normally, you, you, you know, to get a guy who can give you an analysis that played at the highest level, guy that was, you know, uh, certainly before injury was considered to be a top five pick in the NFL draft, still went on after injury. And back in those days, knee injuries, it's very hard to recover. Still was able to uh, get in the league and play for a couple of years in spite of that. So that's telling you the level of talent that this guy has a skill set. So uh, when Ken talks to you about these things, it really is a joy for me because it really gives you a look at what your, your best athletes are really thinking, you know, as they matriculate, as they mature, uh, you know, throughout their career, man. So again, we just appreciate you, man. Just, just and saying, Hey, this, this kind of got started. This is it. And by the way, as far as the, the one bar, now you are aware that there's a hall of fame safety 
going back in the day in the sixty by the name of Larry Wilson, wow. number eight. Yeah. And the cat will one. Yeah. Of course, he got all his teeth was knocked out. Yeah, I mean, over see, years. That, that that wasn't the goal though. I wasn't trying to lose any teeth. I was like, <laughs> but he did play safety, and actually, he was one of the guys that, uh, interesting enough, and he was slight of frame. He was one of the guys that really popularized or repopularized the safety blitz. Right. I mean, this guy was just. I think he weighed when he was playing that. I want to say maybe one eighty, mm. but oh man, as you know, just like Ed Reed. Right. You know, people don't realize that Ed Reed was barely about 205 pounds. Right, right. And I saw Ed Reed at the dealership I used to work for. I was like, that guy looked like Ed Reed. This is Ed Reed. I said, for real? Because he was like six feet one, about 205 pounds. And he still was, was a couple years away from retirement. Right. But explain to people technique when a defender literally explodes into a ball carrier. Because that's what I really see. That's what you did in your process. And all the great safeties and big hitters, they have a way to, within a short distance, to really, well, that's what they call the term, blow people up. Yeah, well, um, the technique I learned, I copied it from uh, from Ronnie Lott, really. And I heard him explain it this way. He said, what I try to do is I try to see the runner in front of me and I try to imagine that I'm actually tackling somebody that's behind him. Oof. So that <laughs> that thought process immediately makes you a little bit more forceful than, than you would be. Because if you're trying to get through somebody to get to somebody that's behind them, then it's going to be a heck of an, imp- uh, an impact. And most of the time, that's, that's how I thought. That's how I trained myself. That's what I thought myself to do. And then when you actually see it happening, you're like, okay, this is what he's talking about. You know, you're trying to, you're really trying to be, trying to hit the guy that's behind him. And, and it's, of course there's nobody behind him, but uh, you want that impact to be doubled or you want the impact to be uh, significant. And that's what, that's what make it significant. What would make it really significant. I'll tell you, you if, I probably couldn't play in today's game because <laughs> Can't I'd be asked to leave too many times. <laughs> because I'd, ask, I'd be asked to leave. I, I mean, I don't know how they do it. They do a good job of teaching now, of teaching the kids to keep their head out because the first thing that I was taught when I got to college, oh, you got to get your head across the bow. You got to get your head in there. You got to put your head in there. Now they're being taught to keep the head out of the, out of the contact and you know to use more of the shoulders and and to really wrap and uh, more of a rugby style uh, type tackle. Uh, which, you know, and even on the on the big impact plays that you see, you see the guys really making concerted effort not to um, not to leave with the head to try right. to get their shoulder in there, and not to really lunge at at people, which is which is basically what you're doing when when you what we did when we when we played, you know. No doubt. And speaking of uh, high impact, uh, you know, we we have a few more minutes left in the show. We definitely want to do this. We want to give a big shout out to uh, first of all, we want to thank God. <laughs> Uh, because I know many, many people prayed, including this young man's family. We want to thank God for his mercy in allowing Ryan Sazier to come back, uh, have use of his legs. Yes. Uh, he is actually, and, and thank God that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking at the man and not the ball player, keeping him on the team so he can continue to get his salary uh, through next year. And, uh, you know, that's now. A, that's a $8 million hit, though. Ooh. It is. But, and, and that's why I said, you know, that's, a, that's why I wanted to mention that on the air Ooh. because. That is something that you often you see, but not often, yeah. where a team takes that kind of hit to bring a player back that really cannot play for the team at all. I know he's talked about 
you know, trying to do something in 2018, but everybody said, nah, bro, you're not doing nothing. And really, for me, I would like the young man to retire. Right. Uh, because we're not talking about an ACL. We're not even talking about what, what uh, Joe Montana had back, uh, the tail of his career, a broken back. We're talking about a guy who basically, when he took the impact on the field, there were, and even after it was a severe doubt that he would be able yeah, to walk, walk again. Right. So I'm yeah. like, there's no sense trying to – mess with that. Yeah, that that was the most horrific thing I think I've seen. Um it was bad positioning, it was a bad he had a bad angle, angle yep. uh with his neck, uh, you know, with his head and his neck and immediately I knew something was awry. Bad. Yep. Was, I, same, was thing. Bad. same thing. You know, yep. when a, when a player goes down and his he, he's motionless on the field. Yes sir. Um, and then all of a sudden you see his his upper extremities move and his nothing legs happening are, 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 are nothing, nothing is happening. Right. You know that something is going wrong, wrong, and you kind of you know you, you felt bad for the situation. I immediately began to pray for the situation because it was one of those things that you hate to see it on TV. You hate to see it um, for anybody for that to happen to anybody and and for what he meant to that team, um, you know, and what he means to that team and that and that city. It was just a horrific thing, but I'm like you. I'd, I'd really like to see him go ahead and say, "Hey, look, uh, I want to go into coaching. I want to. I want to be a part of 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 football." But um, you know, that's it. If that was my son, I, that would be my recommendation to him. As much as you know, it probably would pain him for Daddy to say that. You know, I, I would definitely be pushing him that way because, hey, um, you, you only got one you. You know, that's and, it. And that's it could. You, you. I mean, when you have an injury like that. You know, things can domino effect. I mean, he could have went into uh, a respiratory failure or anything. anything. I mean, he could have died on the field. Right. I mean, that's what I think people – I mean, that's what I think people forget about the National Football League right. and why it is should be compared to NASCAR because, in essence, it's one of the handful of sports out there. It could possibly maybe happen in hockey or rugby, but it's one of the few contact sports of, sports of any type right. that while you're participating in the sport, you actually get die on the yeah. field. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, and without so – it just and not from doing anything crazy. Just I mean, yeah, he was a little bit out of position in that hit. But I mean, at the end of the day, you see a lot of guys do that. They right, just, exactly. You know, but I was like, you as soon as I saw, I said, oh, I said, this doesn't look good. I tell you, it was. I tell you, one guy who I thought was going to end up like that. It was just a miraculous thing when uh, when the Bears were playing the Packers and Ty Montgomery got hit. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, hey man, because even the players were like petrified. Because I mean, literally the guy. I mean, anytime you your guy hits you so hard, your mouthpiece comes out, and then you're—I mean, dude—he was not moving at all. It was like right, right, he was right. out before he hit the ground. Right. And right, I was right. like, hey, this is uh, this is really, like you said, you wonder why we love it, but what it is is there's something about that contact, the ferocity of it, uh, the mano a mano. Because thank, thanks be to God, our, our our country is not in a constant state of war. We can send men out to war and and battle, and nor do we have to fight for our food. We can go to the to to Kroger. We don't have to kill a cow. Oh, well, you right. you can, but we don't have to chase them around. We right, don't, right. We don't have to chase a turkey. Some guys still do it, but we can just go to the store and do it. So that right. that hunting and that aggressiveness that built into mankind, which we don't want to admit, but that's built into our fiber. Right. This football it really is. releases that. It it really does, and and it's like you said, it, it's part of of our DNA. It's part of who we are. We are hunters and gatherers, and all of that good stuff, and that kind of uh, alleviates. Yes, sir. Some of that, uh, some of that tension, some of that stress, and for those of us that can't do it anymore, watching it is probably just as just, <laughs> just, just as good. <laughs> just, just as good. That's just right. As just as good. As good. Well, I want to shift over really quickly before we wrap up to the NBA. Uh, 
you know, uh, I, I don't know, man. My over-under might get messed up because – <laughs> oh, so that's how we're gonna do it. No, okay. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I mean, because really, when I say they said, "Hey, after All Star break, we might mess around and win 30 games," that's not gonna happen. They immediately released anybody that was really making an impact on yes, the sir. team. For, yes, first, sir. my buddy, the the Italian, yes, Marco Bellinelli got him out of there, yes. and then the, the other guy enjoyed because I do enjoy some of the foreign players, especially their locker room banter. Uh, the Turkish tornado. Uh, Ursan Ilyasova yes. has also been asked to leave, mm-hmm. and they both are now in the Sixers. And right. once I saw that, I said, okay, well, we're we in the full tanking mode now. Right. I mean, and we don't want to call it tanking, but uh, we tanking are. Tanking is T-A-N-K-I-N-G. <laughs> we are in a, um, in a uh, now, we're in the uh, developmental. We okay, I got you. Developmental pocket or developmental phase of our season. And now we're trying to get ready, get the, our younger players ready for for next season, and and we we still see that if you're not ready to play, they will beat you. Yes, you they know. will. <laughs> as we saw against as, Indiana, as they pulled it Indiana. out. So it's not like they're not playing hard. Not like they're not giving it their all. Uh, it's not like they're not going out trying to win. Um, right now, they just don't have the polished enough player to to kind of finish ball games when they really need when they really need to in those last crucial. Uh, four or five minutes of a ball game when you need somebody to say, "Hey, go get me that bucket or go get to the line." We just we're lacking that guy, and um, you know this draft is going to be very pivotal for 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 the Atlanta Hawks uh, organization. Period. You look at we got three first round picks. We got um, you know the first or second pick in the second round. So this draft this draft could change and transform this franchise. Well, it has to because the bottom line is they're all in. Like I said, once you go into that tanking mode, what you're saying is we believe that in the next two years we can draft, uh, is that overused term again, uh, a, a seminal player right, that right. is going to be a guy that's going to give you eight to ten years of very good occasional all-star play. Right. That's right. what you're expecting when you draft one, two, three. Right. Uh, you're not expecting no dude to come in here and be a role player. But that's all That's all you can get at one, two, three, four, five. Right. You get those guys, those guys that change your franchise at one through five. You know, after that, if anything happens after that, whether it's seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, it's you, you, you're blessed. And once you get after ten, you're really blessed if that if that guy turns into something special. And and, and to and to the credit of the Hawks, um, and in the first year of uh, Travis Schlink, he did find that nugget uh, because no, at number seventeen he picked right. up. Uh, the Thunderer, right. John, Collins, John Collins, who now has burst on the national scene after his appearance in the Futures game where he had multiple dunks uh, in that game that actually brought his, his fellow players to their feet. Matter of fact, if you go on my Instagram page, I retweeted uh, the photo that someone shot of him, and this guy's elevation to be a 6'10 guy is, is really special. You know, this is a guy that uh, that is really – as the Hawks develop him, I think he probably made to put on maybe about another five or ten more pounds of muscle weight. But there's no question that this is a, a, a future all-star and a guy that uh, is going to be part of this new Hawks franchise. Now, they're, they're, they're pegging on some of these mock drafts, the Hawks to pick number two. And uh, one of the things that's happened, obviously, is that uh, two guys that were very high up on the list have dropped down. One of them, you, you, the Hawks weren't going to pick anyone. The Hawks were not going to get a guard. So that was out of the question. Um, so uh, uh, the guys that are looking at are Marvin Bagley, who slipped down recently in the poll. I still think he's a guy that you got to look at. Right. But they're talking now about Jaron Jackson Jr. 
out of Michigan State. And I had a young man that uh, that is uh, matriculated from Michigan State. He actually does some stuff here on local radio, 92.9 The Game. I know he's excited about uh, him potentially coming, but uh, they can't miss. Uh, there's been some talk about them going overseas, looking at Slovenia, looking at Luka Doncic. Everybody's saying that this guy could be a great player, but, again, the, the European guys are hit or miss. Right. Um, and sometimes the miss is real bad. Sometimes the miss is bad. Sometimes right. the miss is real bad. Um, I mean, we had the, um, the unicorn kind of changed all that. Um, I mean, what's his name? Uh, Porzingis yep. has kind of changed, yep. changed all that a little bit. However, I'm still nervous. I'm still nervous about that. I don't I don't know. And the only thing, I, only reason I think I'm, the reason why I'm nervous is because I have not seen a kid play. Right. You I know, haven't so, seen him at all either. Um, and for those who have seen him play, say he, he he's really nice. He's really a really good ball player. It'd probably be a really good fit in what Atlanta is going to do. Um, however, you know, I've seen Bagley play. I've seen him play against good, stiff competition. I've seen um, uh, DeAndre Aiden play. That's the guy. You know, I, I, that's that's kind of who. That's the one you widely. Right I, I, I kind of I've been hauling Bagley for a while, right? And then I've seen Aiden play, and I was like, ooh, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think I like Aiden. I really like. I really like him. I really like his game. Um, uh, our kid out of Oklahoma, uh, Trey, Trey, Trey Young, Young. Yep. You know, I don't think you know that's not what Atlanta's uh, looking for. However, he's going to be a great pro. I he think is. He, yep. he, he's going to be, you know, in those top three uh, to five picks. Uh, he's a guy that can shoot the lights out of the gym, you know, and and really change. Uh, uh, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who who picks him up and uh, who wants to go with him. But uh, like I said. Um, <sighs> You know, it's just so much that's going to happen. And then Atlanta has, you know, that first – they're picking that first slot, and then they'll go down to, like, what what number after that? Right now, let's go kind of review here, draft picks here. If – depending on where Atlanta obviously falls in the lottery, most people have them slotted at one, two, or three, so say two. Mm-hmm. Then their next pick would come at number 24, and another pick where they would have the last pick in the first round at number 30. Okay. And so uh, they're talking about bringing a young man out of uh, – Wichita State, uh, Larry Shemet or Shemet Landry, Landry Shemet, hopefully I'm pronouncing it right, and Monch Wagner out of Michigan, a junior, uh, big guy, 6'11", uh, 235, to give them some added beef down low. So those are some of the guys that they're talking about and they're looking at. But, again, which early we were talking mock drafts, uh, but to have three first-round draft picks, uh, you just don't know. And, actually, they have the second pick. Okay. In, in the uh, excuse me, the first pick first or the pick second in, pick in the second in the round. Second round. Right. So they got some picks. You, yep. You're going to see them possibly. You think they'll parlay those things together uh, at the end of that round? In end of the round to try to get up into that ne- that next fifteen. They might. The I mean, 15. if you could take a if you could take a a thirty two, and uh, in that twenty was it twenty fourth or twenty fifth pick? Let me go back and check it again. Uh-huh. That was pick number. 24, yeah, if you could pack his 32 and 24 and get something in the in that top, top 10 top or top, at least top 15, yeah. uh, you you might find another nugget like uh, right. like John Collins, and then now you got something. Right. Uh, really, because I, I think you got some. I think you got a good base and a good nucleus to start with. You do. And uh, now it's just going to be adding those uh, those pieces that can develop and develop fast, and um, and and really really get out and run gun and and and, and make um, make us proud again, make us. Um, not have to bury our heads in the sand and all that good stuff, and you know maybe get to you know in the in the first couple of few years, you know I know they'll be struck they'll struggle again again next year, and maybe they're not going to lose they're not going to lose as many games as they they've lost this year, but I think they'll you know they'll still 
be on the on the edge of playoff land. Uh, you know, that's what at least that's what I'm hoping. Well, I think, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm hoping will. I'm hoping thirty, thirty five, thirty six wins somewhere right around there, which will put them on the on the, on the cusp. cusp. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, I think one of the things you'll find different next year is that since they won't be in a tanking mode, uh, I know I've said that repeatedly, but that's okay because <laughs> that's what they're doing. Did, did the man get get fired for, for saying tanking? Mark Cuban did get in trouble because he told the truth because that's what teams do. But I think the reason why, reason why that you're going to see also improvement is that once you've got a tanking mode, they're going to put a leash on Torian Prince. Uh, Prince got hot for a little bit out of, out of the three-point range. Now watching his game, uh, he's out of the flow of the offense a lot. He scores points, but it takes him a lot of shots to do so. And certainly his three-pointing, his three-point shooting has been very erratic. He's purely a streak shooter now. I mean, I've watched this guy go 0 for 7, 0 for 8. And he's let him keep shooting. And that's telling me, well, you're not really trying to win games when you got a guy that's 0 for 8 and you're in a close ball game. You're telling that guy, hey, man, you got length, you got hops, take the ball to the basket. Right. So I think that you're going to see a different Torian Prince it, next year. It, it, and that's the thing with him. I would like to see him. And it's like I used to say about Josh Smith. Josh Smith could have been a 25 and 10 guy. Oh, no doubt. Only if. He would just run the floor and rebound. Yes, sir. That's it. That's all he needed. He didn't need to take three-point shots. He didn't need to do anything else crazy. All he needed to do was run the floor. And he kind of refused to do that because he thought he was better than he really, really was. And his father was in his ear. I mean, Mm -hmm. telling him that you had to do this. And, uh, you know, he made – and see, the thing is about three-pointers, they're very addictive. You right. want you to a couple of them, just you a couple of good ones. You're trying to say they like ladies potato chips. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's it. Well, before we wrap up, we want to give a, a big shout out to those people who have been watching us on uh, Facebook Live. We want to give a shout out to the forensic queen who's in the house. We want to give a shout out to Ray Virginian who says, "Go, Captain America!" Sounds great. Uh, big shout out to Rebecca. His name is Ray Virgin. Ray Virgin, well, it's got two ends. What you got, Virginia? In that? Well, two, I thought the eye in there. You know, I got. My... <laughs> I ain't got my readers on, so I thought it was another I with the end. Okay, okay, got it. All right, got you. All right, well, gee, well, that's why you're here. Uh, Rebecca Barksdale uh, gave a great, nice uh, shout-out to uh, our grandmother, happy birthday, and uh, our good buddy, Shimon Beasley, out of the Detroit area. Does a sports show up there. A big shout-out to him. Shout-out to Amy Barentine. Shout-out to Cheryl Collier. Uh, uh, of course, my good buddy, April Lance Sentmanot, and Demita Watson, all those people, Corey Riley. Uh, just want to thank you for joining. We know that you have, uh, you know, been a part of the broadcast, and we thank God for you and supporting the Capitan uh, as uh, we get out here and uh, get ready because I think that, good Lord willing, uh, we're going to have a very nice platform Oh yeah, uh, for what the up, upcoming up. Super Bowl. Oh, what and matter of fact, maybe before that, uh, we just don't know what the Lord is going to do. You but never I, know. But I got a feeling. Uh, there's something around the corner. Something coming good. Something that is in the air. Yes, indeed. And, and it, wherever the Lord is moving. I want to be in the. I want to be in the midst. Of Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, guys, listen. Uh, we appreciate you for uh, watching us again. You can follow us on social media. Uh, follow Ken at Ken Swilling. So just, just like it is. Follow me at Minister J Sims. That's Minister, uh, the letter J S I M M. You can follow the show at Real Talk Sports, the number seven, and all of those things. You can follow us on any social media platform: uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Uh, well, final words, Captain. Well, I just want to say, as I always say, uh, you're going to love more and hate just a little bit less. Uh, thank you for this opportunity, and I'm very thankful to the Lord for this, uh, for um, hooking us up together. Amen. Uh, things, things have uh, done nothing but uh, been looking up, So, um, and I'm very excited and very proud about everything that's happening 
with us here on Real Talk Sports and things that are happening uh, within my own personal life and uh, what's happening uh, in, in our world. So uh, we're just very thankful. And uh, I want to say I appreciate you. And, hey, um, if you're out there listening to us, continue to listen to us. Thank you for being a part of our show. All all the people that we have talked to and have shared the show with, we, we thank you for sharing it uh, on your page. And if you get an opportunity to go back to an archive, look at the show, like it, share it with your friends, and uh, tell somebody about us. And you can find us right here at Real Talk Sports. And remember, guys, if uh, if you are in the Atlanta area, uh, why don't you come on out and join us? We'd love to have you uh, come on out. Uh, matter of fact, we'll throw this out there. If you have a small business and you do come out, if you notify me beforehand, again, send an email to js at realtalksports.net. We'll actually give you a 30-second opportunity to come on here and shout out your business. So uh, if you have a small business or if you have an organization that's doing something good, let us know. We'd love to have you join us on the air. Well, you know, before I go, you know how it is. The preacher always going to ask you. Do you know the Lord as your personal Savior? That's mighty Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, I want to tell you, please, ma'am, please, sir, get to know him today. Why? Because nobody, absolutely nobody, not auntie, not grandmama, them, nobody loves you like Jesus. Why? Because he made us, uh, and uh, that is the only person by which you can get to heaven because at some point you got to leave here. But more importantly, while you're here, he's the way that you have a life well lived. So if you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, please, ma'am, please, sir, get to know him today. And I guarantee that uh, you will not regret that activity. All right, guys, uh, we appreciate, uh, again, Ken, and and if you guys uh, enjoy him, which I know you do, you also can check him out on Saturdays uh, on WIGO AM 1570, Atlanta's Incredible Radio, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can join him along with Mr. Football, Vincent W. Turner, on 100 Yards of Football. Check them out on their Facebook page, 100 Yards of Football uh, Sports Talk Radio. And, again, uh, these guys get into more the nuts and bolts than we do. I think, on this show. But uh, if you love football, you need to check them out. Again, Saturday, 8.30 to 10 a.m. on WIGO AM 15.7. You also can check them out on the TuneIn Radio app. If you don't have it, ma'am, it's free. Sir, it's free. You can uh, put in WIGO on the search engine. Voila, you'll find us broadcasting to you. You'll find them broadcasting live. And the good news is you also can find our archive broadcast. So this broadcast, you'll be able to find this, the audio version, on TuneIn and also on the WIGO site. All right, everybody, uh, thank God for uh, my good buddy, Ms. Juetty McNeil, sales manager here at the Holiday Inn. Uh, thank God for Raouf Tax Services, our newest uh, partner. Also, thank God for Bellamy Strickland Commercial Trucks and also Pinstripe Bowling and Entertainment Center, uh, all these uh, locations here down on the south side. All right, everybody, God bless you, and have a good night. Oh, you know, I think it's burger time, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I can smell them, man. He can smell them, and we and, and here's the thing. I believe I owe you a burger. Amen. <laughs> All right, everybody, remember, uh, uh, like you said, love more and hate a lot less. All right, guys, because we need that in this world. Take care and God bless. Oh, we got to get a little send-off music. I forgot about that, a little send-off music for you. I was just going to walk off and go, but we want to give you a little, I think, a little jazzy feel. Nighty-night. I think something's coming. My computer's running a little slow, boys, but we'll get you a little music after a while. Maybe it's just telling me I'm tired. (laughs) We hope not, though. We hope we'll give you something. There we go. Bye, everybody. God bless you.